and Steve on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. One of the biggest decisions in all of sports in the next week and a half. Baseball's best player, Shohei Otani. No success as a team in L.A., so the Angels have to decide, are we going to let this guy walk in free agency, which is likely to happen? Or are we going to try to trade this guy before the deadline and get something in return for this generation's most talented player? I know Artie Moreno doesn't want to be remembered as the owner that traded away the best player of a generation. He doesn't want to be remembered as the guy that sold Babe Ruth to the Yankees. He's he's not getting remembered fondly right now either. So I don't think anything that he does at this point is going to help his case. I understand the hesitancy of not wanting to move Shohei Otani because it can be looked down upon for generations to come. I can understand He'll be mired. Yeah, I get it. But at the same time, if you don't feel confident that Otani is going to come back in free agency... Which I, I certainly don't feel confident if I'm the Angels, no. seeing as how what they've put on the field next to them for all these years and the lack of success that they've had. I would imagine that they're contemplating trading Otani. They're, they're gathering all the offers they can get. Let's compare some of these prospect packages, see which one stands out the best. And, and it's not just prospects, by the way. I'm guessing they're going to want significant players in return as well. Major would you, League caliber Would you rather players. get four players back or one draft pick? Well, you can't trade draft picks. No. You can trade compensation no, picks, I no, think. No, no, you're not hearing me. Sorry. Would you rather get four players or a draft pick as a result of him signing elsewhere? Oh, well, right. I see. So would you rather acquire players, because you can't trade draft picks. I know that. Steve, come on. Or would you rather get a compensatory draft pick yeah, no, as I'd a rather, result of I'd him rather signing have elsewhere? Four significant prospects and maybe a couple of starters. But the problem exists that the Angels are actually decent enough to compete for a wild card spot this year. That's number one. Number two, when you trade Shohei Otani, your fan base is gone. Right? You trade away the generational talent, the player that is literally carrying your pitching staff. And your lineup, you trade him, your team's done. Organizations right? still do it. They do it, but your team's done. The your, Nationals your traded fans are done, Juan Soto. And the fans were done after that. I'm not saying Juan Soto is Shohei Otani. Don't, don't get me wrong, but, the but Nats, he's the Nats, certainly a generational type hitter. The Nats were also several games under 500, last place in their division, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The Angels are actually competitive enough this year, but it's the same things that happen to the Angels every single year. Bad luck and bad contracts. So now the question is, do the Diamondbacks play their way into that conversation? They could certainly put together a decent prospect package. You've got an Uber prospect named Jordan Lawler, who's mm-hmm. expected to be a top shortstop prospect in the years to come at the major league level. You've got pitching prospects like Brandon Fought, who, while has, he has not done well at the major league level, certainly, he's dominated his way through the minors the last two seasons. You've got other minor pitching prospects. Yumin Lin, not as big of a name. Blake Walston, not quite as big of a name. Um, you've got Drew Jones, an outfielder you drafted in the first round a year ago. You've got a couple of other pieces in the minors, plus you have some depth in the major league outfield. You could move an Alec Thomas, a Jake McCarthy. Uh, they're not getting rid of Corbin Carroll. Here's another thing that, that came up uh, yesterday during the Diamondbacks broadcast that I'll mention, because Chris Garagiola brought it up during a Lourdes Gurriel at-bat. Lourdes Gurriel is on an expiring deal that... 
you don't know that they're going to lock him up long term. I'm sure that they would like to. They just sent him to the All-Star game. He's been very good and fun, uh, a good clubhouse guy during his time with the Diamondbacks. And while we all look at the Diamondbacks as a team that should be adding to their team, not subtracting, uh, they do have a decision, a Lourdes decision to make that's not unlike the Otani decision. Now, Otani's a generational player. And you're certainly going to get way more back for but him I, and Gurriel. But I'm with you in that I would like to keep Lourdes Gurriel Jr. on this team. I would too. I would like to. I would like to keep him. I'm not looking to trade him at this point. But if you end up, the Angels say we like your prospect package for Otani, but we need a major league player back. Would you throw Lourdes Gurriel in there? Now you have a now you have a debate, man, <laughs> because that's an All Star caliber player. But you need him right now if you're the Diamondbacks. Look, I just want to put it out there right now. Steve, do you or I think that the Diamondbacks are going to trade for Shohei Otani? Let's just say it right now. No, No, we don't. I don't. But is that any reason as to why we can't sit here and fantasize how great of a two months that would be? How great of a year it would be in Arizona sports in total? Yeah. Think about what the Suns have done. 20 years from now, we could be looking back and go, do you remember 2023 when the Phoenix Suns got Kevin Durant and then Bradley Beal? And Matt Ishbia, the best owner in town right now. He's beloved immediately. And then you tack on, oh, Shohei Otani, a generational talent who pitches, who hits. He's the best power hitter in the league. He's a top 5-10 to pitcher in the league right now. And the Diamondbacks went and got him and And, made a playoff push. And he gets to join a fun Diamondbacks team, too. He gets to join Corbin Carroll, who's your next generational talent. He gets to join a pitching rotation with Zach Gallen, who's a Cy Young candidate. Merrill Kelly, who's been an awesome two of that one-two punch in the rotation and a bunch of dudes that just love to run around on the bases that are freaky fast. Sure. Like Shohei Otani is very much fitting in that freaky fast mold. I just, I think it's going to cost you more than you realize. It's not just your top prospects. It's not just some young talent from your outfield. It's probably a return player. That's a significant impact player. And I think Gurriel could end up being in that conversation if it came down to it. But but I wouldn't do that necessarily. But I think it's a massive upgrade either way. Like, I love Lourdes Gurriel. I love how he's revitalized this fan base with his purple hair, mostly. But he's also had a great bounce back year on the field. Even defensively, too. He's looked really good defensively. But it's Shohei Otani, man. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. If I had to choose between those two... I'm taking the guy that can play on both sides of the field and play both sides of the field ridiculously well. And look, if you're not going all in on just one guy, maybe you pivot your strategy and just go a little bit smaller and reboost areas that need help. You go to multiple different teams. It's However, if we're going to compare this to the recent trade of Juan Soto, and like in terms of what you would want to give up, what you would need to give up, right? maybe you can also get someone else who's major league ready in return. You know, Gambo, as you mentioned several times, he's reported about a right-handed hitting outfield bat. Well, no, you don't get that, but you get Shohei Otani, who knocks out a starting pitching spot, who knocks out an obvious lineup spot, and then maybe the Angels would be willing to give up a bullpen arm, say a guy who went to the All-Star game this year and Carlos Estevez, who has been sub-two ERA as their closer this year. See, I don't see that happening because they don't have a reason to move Estevez. They don't have a reason to do that. It doesn't help them necessarily. It only helps or, the Diamondbacks. Or you capitalize on the value he's created for himself now. This no. is his best season to date, and he's almost 30. There's another player on the Angels roster that makes all the sense in the world for them to want to move him 
if they were to move Otani and convince another team to take on one of the worst contracts in baseball. No. Anthony Rendon. No. Now, no. I'm not suggesting the Diamondbacks do this, but there is a scenario where the Angels are working out a deal with a big market team. Let's say the Mets, uh, I don't know, the Yankees, so whoever So you're saying get a third team in there, have them take most of the contract? No. Oh, no. Okay. I'm saying straight up. We will give you Otani. You give us the prospect and player package we want, but you also have to take Anthony Rendon's contract. Oh. It's something we've seen in sports before. Robinson Cano yeah, got the, tossed around after his the, bad the, contract. The Diamondbacks aren't the team to just take on a bad contract. I'm not saying they are. They're the dump team. I'm not saying they are. But if you're going to make the move for Otani and it comes down to it, and Artie Moreno says you also have to take Anthony Rendon and the money, or at least most of it, think about it this way. The Diamondbacks would still be getting Otani and Rendon, who we know is a fine player, certainly hasn't played to his contract level. He can't stay healthy, and he's becoming a clubhouse cancer. But I'm it, sorry. It doesn't at least help. he plays third base, a position that the Diamondbacks don't have necessarily solidified. I like Emmanuel Rivera, and he's, he's hit a couple better. homers the last few he's days. He's looked better. Uh, I think Evan Longoria has hit a ton of bombs at a crazy pace this season. I actually think they have clarity at third base. I'm not desperate for a third baseman. But if there's a position on the diamond where you could take on a contract like that, it would be third base. Do I expect Ken Kendrick to want to do that? No. No, absolutely not. So these are all of the things that make this conversation so difficult is because I think the Angels would like to use the leverage they have by handing someone else their best player of a generation. And they can say, oh, by the way, you have to take Anthony Rendon. And so now it's a complete reset. For you're them. trying to convince me that somehow the Angels are going to succeed in this endeavor? I think if they're going to give away the best player that this sport has, they're going to want to get something else out of it besides just good players in return. So look, it's either it's either the Otani route or you could do what the Braves did in 2021. You give up Bryce Ball for Jock Peterson. That hasn't hurt them. You give up Casey Kalich for Jorge Soler. Excuse me. That hasn't hurt them. You give up Pablo Sandoval. Yes, that Pablo Sandoval for Eddie Rosario. That hasn't hurt them. And you give up Alex Jackson for Adam Duvall. That hasn't hurt them either. You give up a little to get a mild improvement, but it works out for you. Because Jorge Soler won them that World Series. Right? So it's either go big or, you know, go a little small market. Maybe like flea market or whatever. Coming up next. Wait, he said what? That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Mitch and Steve present Footnotes on Arizona Sports Saturday. It's the portion of the show where we touch on all of the other top stories that we wanted to get to. Um, we're going to start with Pac-12 Media Days, Steve, which are taking place in Las Vegas. Uh, most most of it happened yesterday, but it's really through the weekend. Getting you ready for football season, right? Are you excited for Pac-12 football? Oh, I'm so excited for Pac-12 anything. How do you how do you feel about the? Can state anybody of, sense the sarcasm? I, I know. How do you okay. feel about the state of the Pac-12 right now? Uh, not great. Well, don't tell that to the commissioner. The Pac-12 is the strongest it has been in two decades. This is a direct result of the investments made by our schools and their athletic departments, particularly over the past few years. Now, I, is it? I I think he was talking about the football programs, but. 
Okay, let's let's go even there that, for a second. Even then. that. No way you just said that. Let's just talk football for a second. Because <laughs> does nobody remember? Like, I, I was in college uh, 2011 through 2013. So in that era, roughly 10, 12 years ago, Oregon was in the conversation for major bowls every single year. Stanford yep. was in that conversation every single <laughs> year. Stanford. Oh Washington boy. was even better. Uh, maybe not better than they've been in recent years. At least ASU and U of A were in the conversation in the Pac-12 South some years. I think that from a football perspective, I think the Pac-12 was more respected 10, 15 years ago. Look at the USC championships. Yeah. And we can talk about the whole Reggie Bush thing. No, they, but, get, they get stripped of all those. It's fine. But at the same time, how can you argue that this is the healthiest they have been? Because you've got in teams decades. quitting left and right. <sighs> left and right. Like literally, two the, of your premier programs up and left you for the Big Ten, and you're not even geographically near that place. Not even adding to the point that SDSU is not going to be leaving the Mountain West anytime soon. We're so like. healthy that everyone's leaving and no one's coming. <laughs> How, Just, I mean, I, I I understand that you have to go up on the podium and say something yeah, like in defense, that. Defense, like what else was he supposed to say? But you can't, you cannot do that. Every president ever has started the State of the Union with what sentence? The state of the union is strong, and everyone stands up and claps, whether it's true or not. Well, it depends on what side is <laughs> standing up, The state of the Pac-12 is strong. It's not, but I'm going to say it. It depends on what side of the room is standing up and clapping, right? Yeah, I guess. Uh, also, no media deal yet for the uh, Pac-12, but... Shocking. George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the conference, says that... Being patient is going to pay off. Several dozen um, board meetings in the last year. We constantly update our board. I think they're enthusiastic like I am about the media deal. But I will tell you what we've seen is that the longer we wait for the media deal, the better our options get. And I think our board realizes that. In the uh, Really? The longer we wait, the better it's going to get. Did you know that the Big 12 commissioner, Brett Yormark, said this week to SiriusXM, that if he'd have waited any longer for the media rights deal that they got, that deal would not be there anymore. Honestly, that's weird. The media, the sports media landscape has changed so dramatically in the last couple of years or if not even months. I mean, look at what's going on with Bally Sports and, yeah. and the Suns and all that. I'm not saying that they're related. I'm just saying the landscape changes so quickly that I'm almost kind of not hoping for a Pac-12 deal too quickly because I don't want them to sign anything that's going to be antiquated in a year. I I do I do want to watch Pac-12 games yeah. this year, That's though. the thing, yeah. Like, I want to watch the games. There's an immediacy so that you need to have about them? it, but you also want to be this, cognizant of the future the and the way the industry's going. There's Pac-12 football in a month, and I don't know what channel it's going to be on. What are we doing? Probably just won't be. <sighs> Maybe that's for the best for at least ASU's sake. Who knows? Um, speaking of ASU, John Rom. You familiar with John Rom? I've heard of him. So John Rom, he won the Masters back in April, right? He's he's kind of on top of the golf world. So ASU to speak, guy right now. He's currently in Liverpool, competing in the Open Open Championships, Royal Liverpool. Love it. He set a record. He had sixty three strokes in his. First round, or no, excuse me, his second round of play yesterday. Do we know what the previous record was? Like, did he shatter it? Uh, let me see if our story has it. Uh, 65 was the prior record. It's pretty good. Yeah. Beat it by multiple strokes. I've- 63 strokes. you got to be kidding me. Yeah. John Rom just continues to amaze me, to be honest. 
Isn't it so great that he's the Sun Devil? I'm, yeah, one of the greats. Like it makes it makes me want to stay attentive. And we to already golf, had you know? golf greats. That's, that's the other true. thing that's kind of cool about it. We had Phil Mickelson, but uh, that that one's gone. You know, to your opinion on that one. Uh, what else has been happening? Oh, a couple of soccer ones, Steve. Paying attention to soccer? Not usually. Um, you but this s- one I had to. So, Major League Soccer, if that's what I think you're implying at. Lionel Messi. Heard of him. Played in his first match for Inter-Miami, who is one of the teams in Florida in the Major League Soccer. And wouldn't you know... With the game on the line in stoppage time, in full time, he sets up for a oh, it was a penalty kick. And, of course, he made it and gave Miami the win. Unbelievable Literally moment. his first game. One of the most viewed videos on Twitter last night. Millions of views in minutes. Uh, LeBron was in the house. Serena Williams was in the house. Kim Kardashian was in the house. I don't know how much credit you want to give that. Nice. Uh, she filled the seat. David Beckham was in the house. I mean, this was like a star-studded event. Yeah. And we all knew it would be when Messi came over to America. By the way, I looked up, uh, I was looking at his contract last night because we know how much money Messi is going to make over the yes. next two years. Yes. I saw a graphic in the article that mentioned the most, uh, the highest paid players per year in North American sports. Number one is Damian Lillard. By quite a bit, actually. Devin Booker is third. Messi is fourth. And then also within the top ten, it looks like Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant. Well, Durant's getting like, what, 40-something? They're all in the top 12. So the Suns have three of the top 12 highest-paid players, athletes, in North America. And that includes soccer and now Messi. Wow. Of course, he's the only one who plays soccer who makes that much in North oh, America. Soccer players make a ton of money. Though. It's almost all the NBA, by the way. Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and Aaron Rodgers do work their way into that conversation. But the Suns have three of the top 12. That's insane. Uh, more soccer, because yesterday was also the first match for the women's national team. They're competing in their World Cup. Uh, a very easy first match against Vietnam, who are first-time tournament goers. The line was six and a half. In favor of the U.S., uh, Sophia Smith, who is just an absolute stud in her first year with the club, uh, scored two of the three goals for the U.S. yesterday. She apparently—I didn't know this. She's apparently also the girlfriend of Cardinals wide receiver Michael Wilson. Oh yeah, I think I saw that on an episode of Flight Plan. Oh, that was on Flight the- Plan, or was—I don't know. I can never remember the names of the shows. They did an episode uh, based around draft day. And they talked about Michael Wilson, and uh, I think he was out hiking with her at one point in the episode. Um, Yeah, that's kind of cool. Oh, did you see, too, I saw a USA Basketball put out a tweet last night just saying, like, hey, good luck, U.S. Uh, Women's National uh, Team. The graphic is the U.S. Women's National Team and Kevin Durant. Who is in charge of this? And Diana Taurasi. Why? They're both on the graphic, and it doesn't make any sense. No. I mean, I get it, because they represent USA Basketball, but just let the graphic be the Just women's be national team. You know? It doesn't have to have Durant on it. I don't know why graphic designers do and it. And they put a little soccer ball underneath Kevin Durant's feet to make it look like he's, he's playing soccer. He's not. Ah, he's not. It's, it's, uh, it's so weird. Uh, one more thing before we got to get out of here. Uh, a monumental day for the NFL a couple days ago, especially for uh, young Jesse. I know he's super pumped up about this. In a unanimous vote by the NFL owners, Josh Harris his approval to buy the commanders for over six billion dollars on i believe it was thursday and then he apparently called into the flagship station and bought everybody at the bar a beer 
that's, one of that's a good way to start the three to five best days of my life. <laughs> Congrats to Jesse. Thanks, Jesse, for hanging out with us today. Thanks to my partner, Mitch Vereldis. I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to Arizona Sports Saturday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.